Welcome to Of Sound Mind and Spirit. I'm Shelley. And I'm Lisa. We're sisters walking together on a journey of faith. We're not perfect. And we definitely don't have all the answers. We're inviting you to walk with us as we explore ways we can better know and grow in our faith. Together. Welcome back to another episode from Of Sound Mind and Spirit. I'm Shelley. And I'm Lisa. Today, we are so happy to welcome a very special guest to the podcast. This is a woman who has been mentioned many, many times before. She has known us all our lives. Please welcome our mother. Hi, Hi, Mom. Mom. Hi. We're so happy you could join us today. Thank you. (laughs) You're you're a little nervous, aren't you, to join us here on the podcast? (laughs) Very. Just relax. It's just the three of us. There's no one else listening it would be nice if you had more people listening (laughs) you're right you're our only listener ever and we appreciate that mom (laughs) not ever ever. well i'm just glad we're recording because what our listeners don't know is we've spent the last couple of hours working out technical difficulties (laughs) to get us all here today yes it could go wrong it did (laughs) mom do you want to tell everyone what we're talking about today or would you like me to you can. Our last couple of episodes, we've talked about the holidays, we've talked about Thanksgiving, and then last week we talked about Advent season. And today we're going to talk about family traditions. We've been talking a lot about this amongst ourselves with approaching Christmas season and the holidays. And so we invited you on, Mom, to talk about family traditions, what they are, what they mean, and how they came to be and why they're so important to us. I'll jump in and just say that family traditions are activities you do together as a family that happen every year or every week or, you know, they happen with repetition and it comes from spending time together and you do the same thing, you know, over and over. And when we do that same thing every year, then as kids and maybe even as an adult, we start to look forward to it and mm-hmm. it becomes an expected pattern and it becomes something we anticipate. I would say, Shelley and mom, that it's it's kind of that thing when you think about the holidays, it's that thing you think, oh yeah, we get to do that. It's the, the expectation, like you said, that it identifies what the holidays are to us. And they're unique to each family. When we create a tradition, a family tradition, it becomes something that we're reflecting our values. You know, we're teaching our values and our interests to our children, and we're maybe even carrying our culture through. Well, I think that many of our family traditions that have followed us from your father's family and my family, both of us growing up, we've tried to continue some of those with our own family, with you kids and hopefully with the grandkids. And that includes all holidays. We mostly think of uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving a lot of times, but we we get together Easter. And that's just that type of, of gathering together is with families. Within each holiday, there's always little other types of traditions within. And I was going to say, we've created our own new uh, traditions. I mean, one of the ones that comes to mind is summer birthdays. Yes, you started that one, Lisa. Oh, well, I think it was at your request, Mom. <laughs> oh, I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> but 
My suggestion. Yeah, my suggestion. Can I, can I do his air quotes here? Suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a, a number of people whose birthdays fall within summer months, maybe from, I don't know if you count April all the way through October. You count summer. Anymore. Yeah, depends on where you live. If you're in Texas, that's summer. There's 17 of us all together when you count our three children and your children and the in-laws, yeah. husbands and wives. And Lisa has a pool. So therefore, it became my summer tradition. <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah, it's been a great way to get us all together. And the kids look forward to it before they go back to college. And we look forward to it to take a group picture and just spend relaxed time together. So that's kind of what we're talking about, like things you pass down and things you create new and we identify with as family. And I think that part of it was also because we had older grandchildren, your children, who were going off to college or back to college. Mm -hmm. So that was a way to give them a send off as well, I believe, without without having another special get together because everyone is so busy. And that kind of brings up why our family traditions are so important too. They create that family bond and sense of belonging, not just us with you and dad, but also you and dad with our children, us with our children and the cousins, the children with each other, you know, so they get to know their cousins, they get to see their cousins regularly. And I know that's something Lisa and I really appreciated growing up mm -hmm. was that we had family traditions with your side of the family and dad's. Dad's is larger. We'll just say it like that. We have more <laughs> cousins on dad's side of the family. Yes. But like our children, we had cousins that were very similar and close together in age with us. It's a big deal to get together with them. Mm -hmm. We did that in my father's family where we got together Christmas and um, St. Joseph's Day because I had like 22 first cousins and we didn't always see each other because some didn't live in town, but it was a way that we got to know each other. And you discover through that, everyone grows up, they develop their own families and continue traditions within their groups. Therefore, the cousins don't always see each other, interact each other, even with your cousins. Everybody's developed their own families and moved away or don't live as close. So it's important, I think, to start though that with your own families, that they bond with their cousins, immediate cousins right away and continue throughout the years. Because at some point, yes, they will scatter to a degree and start their own families and traditions but then they'll have those others to look back on. And then when they get together, they will recall those fun times. Right. When we do get together, we're always telling the remember when stories. And that's often <laughs> fun, you know. Remember that time when the tree in Murr's yard was planted? Or all of the uh, Christmas plays that we just had to put on. Every time all the cousins got together, we had to put on a play and then everyone had to watch it. And then it always ended up in someone getting in trouble or someone crying or something. I don't know. It, it never went as well as in our practices, in our heads. While some family traditions come about naturally being handed down from one to another, others are more intentional. Well, I think one of the things is to create, like we talk about the summer birthdays, creating those traditions now so hopefully the kids can keep them going as long as possible as they grow up and stay close, knowing that eventually, again, it'll get smaller and I don't mean to segue, but it made me think of other little traditions that maybe some of the cousins have passed on already. You remember your father's mother, known as Granny Murr, took y'all to the zoo 
she would gather up as many of her grandchildren as she could that she could haul in one car maybe the zoo was free it was easy to take them to you would take what a bag of bread or something to feed those ducks Mm -hmm. and it was one of her favorite places to go and i know lisa loves to go to the zoo Mm -hmm. i think shelly does when you're working you didn't get to go as often but lisa would take the kids to the zoo I went to the zoo with her once. <laughs> I'm not wild about the zoo like the rest of y'all are. It's okay. But we, you know, that was, that's a tradition. I think that that's something that y'all hold dear in your hearts with that grandmother. And my kids have grown up knowing that story that I went all the time with Granny Murr. And uh, my kids will tell you that I tell them all the time that the zoo is what I call my happy place. I love to go to the Houston Zoo, even though it's not free anymore. But I love to go. There's just, it brings such warmth and memories for me. And I, I just love going. And I, I still go even by myself. I think my mother took y'all to Dairy Queen. I'm not sure. She did. She took yes. us to Dairy Queen. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you are right about that. <laughs> you said that in my mind's eye, I am right back in the car with going through the drive-thru and she is handing me a soft serve cone or a yes. jelly bar. Can we just talk about for a minute how crazy she was handing soft serve cones to kids in a drive-thru in the car? <laughs> I would never do that. When she always had her vanilla milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> little things. It's little things. I mean, little things like granny, we always have Italian sausage for Christmas dinner. I don't care exactly. what else you serve. Mm-hmm. You'd have a turkey and all the all the fixings, but... If there isn't Italian sausage on the table, it's not Christmas dinner. Did we once have Mexican fajitas for yes. Christmas dinner with Italian sausage? Yes. Probably. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how important it is to us to incorporate, you know, no matter what, if we're having it catered or whatever we're doing, we still, someone is outside on that grill cooking the Italian sausage because it's a staple for our family. Yep, it has to be there. My Sicilian family, we were probably the least of the uh, Sicilian traditional family than what you see in a lot of families. My daddy was the youngest of 11 children born, nine who lived, and he married an Italian, but she was an only child, so she didn't have a lot of that tradition to bring. Daddy's sisters, except for the oldest, none of them married Italian, except for his oldest sister. They carry on a lot of those traditions that are known in the communities. We carried on our own in within our family. Daddy was big on the Italian sausage and the spaghetti meatballs every Sunday, and my mother too. We had all of that, but we didn't do a lot of the other traditions. We would go to my grandma's house to do some of those, and I'd see the cousins. So I'm familiar with them. So I'm happy that we were able to pass along the spaghetti sauce and the meatballs. And the Italian sausage, specifically on Christmas, especially on Christmas. Okay, we're going to have to change the subjects. I'm getting hungry now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my mouth is like watering. Let me think of a let let me think of a holiday tradition that doesn't involve food. Hang on, just a second. Uh, (laughs) Okay, okay, I, I have one. Speaking of intentional holiday traditions that were created, when we moved from Houston. Most of our lives, we lived in Houston. When we moved from Houston, when I was in high school, mom, you created a new family tradition for Christmas, and that was the picture holiday card. The family picture holiday card and a Christmas letter. Yes, we had one of those brag letters. The first one I wrote, and I don't know what happened to the original, Shelly might still have it. It was not the one I could send out. (laughs) 
Oh. It was the one that told how it really was in my head. Oh, no. <laughs> about moving. <laughs> I mean, you were just finishing ninth grade, starting 10. Shelly was just about to leave and go to college at a school near Houston. So it was a difficult move. And so I got it out of my system. I wrote that first letter. Then I moved it aside and wrote the letter about our moving and the family picture, because Mm -hmm. we weren't going to be seeing everybody like we did before. And we carried that on up until now. We still, y'all still do. I don't send a Christmas picture or letter anymore. It's continued with you, you two. That's still, if you count Lisa and I still sending family photos, Mm -hmm. I have 35 years of family pictures. And I get one from your brother's family too. So they do it too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's you insane. started a tradition, intentionally started a tradition I, I that is still going. To stay in touch with everybody that we didn't really see very much and to let them know what we were doing. This was before Facebook, everybody. <laughs> now, well, this is before they, email, cell phones, texting. Exactly, yeah, exactly. All of that. There was a life before all of that. Speaking of intentionally creating new traditions, the other one we do now um, is our girls' brunch. Yes, I know I'm bringing it back to food. (laughs) See, I was trying to avoid the food. (laughs) But mom, it was your idea to intentionally create memories and identity and community with your granddaughters by taking us out to have a brunch right around Christmas time. Right. Lisa and I've talked a little bit about trying to remember exactly how that came about, but I know at that time, your father and your brother belonged to a country club for business reasons, and they were holding a Christmas brunch on Sundays. And it was a perfect way to say, let's get together. And we had, at the time, five granddaughters, two of you and the daughter-in-law. We stayed at the club for about three years or so, and it, it got a little crowded, and we changed it to a restaurant, and it's turned out to be perfect. So we've been there, so what, uh, I don't know how many years. Almost 10 years. I think it has 10, been. 10, 11 yeah. years. Something like that. Yeah. yeah we've got it planned yeah. this year. And the, it is really fun because it's something that the girls have really grown up with in that way. I mean, my youngest was under two for the first one. And so she's grown up with it. And they really look forward to it. It's something that they think about, what are they going to wear? What are they going to eat? That they'll go online and look at the menu. And and it's been super fun watching them, you know, kind of come yeah. into their own and feel confident with it. And then the chaos around the the big table of 10 of us, you know, <laughs> and, and they, yeah. they do such a fabulous job. And, and then there was the one year that we got invited to go into the kitchen and take a picture with the chef because we told them our tradition and our history with going there. And so it's really something that started out small and, you know, and it's it's just grown into this thing that hopefully we'll be doing for a very, very long time. I think it's helped too that they, there's a varying of ages with the kids. And so the big ones help the little ones and the little ones want to be like the big ones. And so I think that's something that being family and I think that's something that works in their favor, but they, they really support each other. And then they all they go do. to the bathroom together and take selfies in the oh. mirror. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say that. That's so funny you said it. <laughs> There's a big floor length mirror and they're, we don't even know they did it, but we see it later on social media that they're all in the bathroom taking selfies. Yeah. It is a lot of fun. It's a fun tradition that we've been able to do every year. Yeah. I'm happy with that. 
sometimes traditions keep going just as you planned like that. And sometimes they change. Like as we created our own families, Shelly, that we took traditions that we had growing up and we shift them to fit our small family now. Don't you think? Yes, that's true. It's going to be food, food again. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It's almost lunchtime, y'all. Um, Mom, do you remember every Christmas morning you would make something called bubble cake, which oh, is yes. biscuits and brown sugar and butter and cinnamon? My dear friend, Carol Melder Wyndham. I'm going to tell her to listen to this. It's the one who introduced me to that. I don't remember you making it any other time but Christmas. That's true. It was just, that was Christmas morning. If Italian sausage was on the dinner, bubble cake was Christmas morning. So we have a tradition in my family to make something special for breakfast, but I, I evolved it. I, I changed it. I moved it from bubble cake, which was just too sweet, to <laughs> a sausage and egg casserole. With uh, Sometimes I throw spinach in there. <laughs> Shelly tries to make it healthy. I did. I really did. <laughs> it, was, it was bubble cake. It was... Uh... <laughs> That's okay. Mine, I tried the bubble cake when they were little and I'm not the best cook and maybe I did it wrong. They rejected it. So <laughs> ours actually became quiche. So. Did you buy it or y'all make it? No, we make it. Oh. Yeah. My kids love quiche. It's, they like eggs. My kids eat anything with eggs. <laughs> Mine too. And yeah. Lisa, ours is one of those where you assemble everything the night before and you mm. put the foil over it, put it in the fridge. And I always take a Sharpie marker and write on the foil, 325, one hour. So when we come downstairs to open presents, somebody's job is to go start the coffee pot and somebody else's job is to go and turn the oven on. And then nobody has to ask, what temperature do I put it on for and how long do I put it in there? And so we stick it in there and then we go open presents. And when we're done, ding, breakfast is served. It is funny how those things evolved, but here's something that's not food related that we talked about the other day and we both still do it the exact same way, even though our kids are way huge. Mom, <laughs> do you remember that, I don't know if it was you or if it was dad that started this, that Your you father. had us all walk down the stairs together on Christmas morning and we had to hold hands. That was probably me. Dad would video record us coming down the stairs, like with that big camcorder with the backpack thing and the, you know. The big lights. <laughs> the big lights. All the lights. Yeah. And, um, and you had to stand there for about 10 minutes waiting for him to get it all oh, set yes. up. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, Shelly and I still make our kids walk down the stairs together holding hands. <laughs> and she records it. I don't record it. I usually just take a couple pictures of them eye rolling me. And uh, they wear their matching Christmas pajamas. And if they're not wearing them, I make them go change and put them on. We don't, we never did that matching Christmas pajamas. That's not my family tradition. <laughs> but I do make them all wait upstairs. And then I stay upstairs while my Brian has the camera. But them peeking out the door at the top of the stairs, or, and they'll do it on their own now. I don't even have to tell them because my daughters are grown. They'll go in there with our, with my son and be like, Nope, nope, you can't go down. And he's always trying to sneak down. So. <laughs> we even made uh, Clara, our foreign exchange student, she had to hold hands and come down the stairs in her matching pajamas. So I think she liked it. And if you didn't, Clara, I, that's too late, too bad. <laughs> she could start a tradition in her family. There we go. Well, I don't know when this is coming out, so shh, don't tell her, but we ordered her matching pajamas and sent them to Spain. So 
Clara and her family, the whole family, is getting matching pajamas to match us this year. We're, we're helping them create the same. This is an American Christmas tradition that we're sending them. Well, do you want to go back to food? Always, Mom. <laughs> Always. Well, you, you threw food in there with the uh, Christmas morning. Okay. Well, we could talk about uh, the traditional foods at the holidays. Uh, now you have to remember, y'all came from your husband's families, what they did, and then I, my, your father's families. So you have to make your own traditions from those, but you bring some of what they had. Also, your father's family always had Christmas, for instance, on Christmas Eve, because they would drive to Texarkana for Christmas, which is where the grandparents were and all the other cousins and everybody. And my family always had Christmas morning. So when we got married, we would go to his family's house for Christmas Eve and open presents and have, you know, I don't remember what their traditional meal was. My mother-in-law liked to experiment sometimes with new foods. Christmas was a little more open. Thanksgiving was turkey or ham, that kind of thing. Mom, I, I don't remember the dinner at Murr's house Christmas Eve. I only remember the desserts. And see, I only remember the appetizers. <laughs> there you go. Everybody had to bring something. But, yes. But, uh, and then my family had the traditional turkey and dressing for Thanksgiving. So we got married. We always had Christmas on Christmas morning before we went to my parents' house. So, you know, that's how we evolved our traditions. And now Shelly can talk about the pies. <laughs> <laughs> We're back to food. No, actually, what I was thinking is I've always wondered how it came to be that we did Christmas Eve at Mer's house and Christmas Day at our house and Granny's because when we got married, so I got married first and it was awkward trying to figure out how to be in two places at the same time. In two different cities. In two different cities with two different families. And so I had to go and be, it was the first year I was away from our family traditions and I had to go and learn by participating and observing their family traditions. I just remember it being a very kind of lonely and awkward time because it was it was hard not doing the same things you had done for the first 25 years of your yes. life. That is something that, you know, as we get married and you, you, you are supposed to, when you get married, create new traditions with your spouse. I mean, he is your family. And, and that is a really hard thing. And I'm sure there are, I've not Googled it or looked it up to see, but I'm sure that uh, holiday stress, and there's probably a lot of arguments about where do we go? Who do we spend time with? You know, all of that, that back and forth. I'm lucky in that I married someone who was also from Houston. So a little easier commute for family. Um, but there's still lots of balancing between how do you do things, how do we do things, and then, oh, yeah, we've got to create our own way of doing things. And I have to applaud mom and dad because I feel like, um, you know, the last 25 years, y'all have been very understanding and flexible with us, um, all three of your kids, as we navigate how to create our own family traditions with our spouses and our children and some years that included we just had huge celebrations where the in-laws like all the in-laws and and us and like everybody was together sometimes that meant doing 
um, Thanksgiving with you, mom and dad, like on Friday or Saturday rather than Thanksgiving Day. I mean, you know, I just felt like y'all have done a really good job of helping us navigate what is a very stressful time or can be a very stressful time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it never made us feel bad about not being there because you understood that it was important for us to be with our husband's families. The idea is we try to make it a family time, you know, to do those things together. Yeah. Yes. And I think y'all managed it beautifully, even in difficult times or in stressful times, handing it off now to uh, the next generation, to us, to, you know, start hosting. Because it's it's about making those memories and being together. It's, it's not... It's yes. not always about whose house we're at or who makes what food, unless it's me making a bunch of the food, which y'all don't agree with. No, we'll, we'll <laughs> let your husband do the turkey. <laughs> Mom and dad bring the sausage and I bring the Christmas pies. So. <laughs> yep. Well, I think some sometimes we have to fight to keep those traditions alive. And my thought of example of that would be Shelly and the Christmas pies because like you mentioned earlier, we grew up eating Granny Murr's chocolate pie on Christmas every year. And I don't know what happened, but she didn't have the recipe written down or we didn't have it. Or, And you and dad spent a lot of time together recreating that recipe. And I'm going to interject for you tell that because Granny Murr had made that pie for many years. She didn't use her recipe. She had it somewhere. She was leaving out an ingredient and the last couple of years, it wouldn't set well. So that's where Shelly had to pick it up. Oh. I just remember dad asking me and Murr gave me which ingredients she remembered, but she did everything kind of by sight and not by amounts. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went and pulled like three or four different chocolate pie recipes and looked to see what was all the same and kind of put them together. And you and dad were down from Austin. I think y'all spent Christmas Eve with us that year. My mother-in-law had already passed and the girls were little. And dad and I stood in the kitchen and made the pie and it didn't work. And I looked at him <laughs> and he looked at me and we threw it in the trash can and we started again. And I think we made it three times. And the third time, each time, you know, dad is, you know, the engineer. So he was calculating, oh, we, it's got to be a tablespoon more or a teaspoon less or... <laughs> And by that third pie, we had it. And it was like, by Jove, I think we've got it. And we had to write it all down. <laughs> we have the crust. We have the pie custard. And it's a chocolate pie, not pudding, because I know you prefer the pudding, Mom. That's what I grew up on. And then the meringue. We have it all listed out. And it's Murr's chocolate pie recipe. And thank goodness we had the pecan pie already written down. That one, <laughs> we didn't have to experiment with that one. That, that one I actually made, too. <laughs> So I think that experience with dad of trying to make the pies, it's not, it's not just a family memory for me, and I hope for him, it's a family tradition and we, we needed to carry it forward. And I'm pretty sure, Lisa, your oldest loves to bake and cook. And if she doesn't have the recipe, I'll make sure that this year she, she learns it. So each family has this recipe now and we don't lose it. That would be great to pass it down. See, I, know, I like how y'all are skipping me. You didn't say, Lisa, you should learn how to bake this. Somebody else in the family has always made the turkey, and I have never made the turkey. Yeah. I made dressing this year for the first time. <laughs> That's your father's, again, your father's family's tradition. Mm -hmm. The dressing, making the dressing. 
Everybody has put their hands in it and stir it and taste it before you put eggs in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the raw eggs. But, uh, you remember Granny Mer making banana nut bread a lot. Oh right? my gosh, the banana yes. nut bread. Banana nut bread, just the smell of it. I only make it at, and I do make it, I only make it at Christmas because the smell of it to me is Christmas. It is Christmas. It's not Christmas till we fill the kitchen with banana nut bread smell. <laughs> when when uh, my mother was in the uh, assisted living home or memory care, actually, every year at Christmas time, I made about, I think I made 30 loaves of the small pans. Mm-hmm to include in a little gift basket that I would, or bag that I would make up for the, the caregivers. The caregivers are such, and you did your caring show. They are so important. Yeah. And for those who didn't hear that episode, who want to go back and listen to us talk about granny, your mother, mom, and about, about your taking care of the workers as well as her caregivers. That was episode 24, and it's called Embracing the Dignity of Life. And we encourage everyone to go back and listen to that one. And would you believe your father started making banana nut bread <laughs> the last couple of years with a lot of questions? He has the recipe. And I made it again a couple of weeks ago. Why I got into a cooking frenzy for some reason. I like to make them in the little loaves because you can take them out and freeze them. And just eat a little bit at a time if you make the big one. Is that possible to eat a little bit at a time? No, it's not possible, Lisa. If I make a little one, we eat the whole thing in one sitting. Yes, yes. (laughs) We fight over it. So It's better than eating the whole big one in one sitting (laughs) or the medium size in one sitting. Only time I remember you baking was banana nut bread Mm -hmm. at Christmas time. Well, it's funny because in my house, one of the, the food traditions for Christmas that's evolved or come into was popcorn. My kids love popcorn. And I don't know why my husband started it, but he melts chocolate all over it. So he makes this huge countertop full of popcorn with melted chocolate on it. And then we bag it up and we have it forever. And forever if I can keep the kids out of it. But but so that's become a thing. And every year the kids are like, when are we doing the chocolate popcorn? When are we doing the chocolate popcorn? And, you know, and he, some years it's more fancy than others, but it's, it's become, it's just become a thing for us. Okay. I'll make you the banana nut bread and give you a couple of loaves if you'll make me a batch of chocolate popcorn. All right. Deal. I'm not making any of it, but deal. It'll happen. Did you introduce Clara to chocolate popcorn? Yes, we, I have the best pictures of Clara with her face up against the countertop, just waiting for the chocolate popcorn to be done because she <laughs> loved it. And I, I hope, I hope she's making it for her family this year. Did you send the recipe to her or the, not, how to do it? It's really not that difficult. Oh. <laughs> she has asked me for a few recipes, so I'll make sure she, she remembers how to do it. Yes. Wonderful. She'll start some traditions. Speaking of Clara and her family traditions, when she was with us for the year, she did make us a tortilla de patata, one of her traditional family dishes. And so she brought it to every holiday. Y'all had it many times. She brought it to every holiday that we made, that we had while she was with us. And it was, it was fabulous, a way to bring a little bit of Spain and a little bit of her family to our family while she was with us. And it was delicious. It was. Yes, it was. Well, Mom and Lisa, you know, we've been discussing our family traditions from our family. And so this question is for our listeners. 
We would really like to know what are some of your family traditions and what those mean to you over the years. So come find us on social media or drop us a voice memo. When you listen to the podcast, there's a spot down below that you can click and leave us a voice memo or just send us an email or wherever you find us. <laughs> We'd love to know what your family traditions are and do they all revolve around food also? <laughs> <laughs> and Lisa, I have a cool idea. If, uh, okay. if anyone signs up for our email list, I'm willing to share a few of our recipes. I can uh, send those out in an email to everyone who's on our email list a little bit closer to the holidays. Why don't we say uh, December of this year, if you send if you sign up for our email list in December, maybe early January, we will send you out the uh, recipes. Now I'm, do I have these recipes? I, I'm, I'm signed up for the email list, so I'll get them, I guess. The chocolate popcorn, for sure. <laughs> I'm just making sure I'm going to get these recipes. <laughs> well, Mom, we ask every single one of our guests if they've got a saint that is kind of near and dear to them. And we mentioned this to you before we started. And you had someone in mind that you wanted to say. The saint that I have always, I'll say, looked to or talked to or felt I had an affinity for is actually Blessed Mary, Mother of God. She is the one that I can remember in first grade crowning the flowers on her head for, you know, it, we had it, we took turns who got to take the statue home and make flowers to put on her head. And it was, uh, it was a special thing. My one semester at Catholic school, uh, first for first grade, all of first grade. So I guess both semesters, but, uh, so that's, that's who I look to. And my mother had an affinity for her. She prayed the rosary every night. As far as I was where she kept her rosary beads under her pillow. And it was something she had promised when her mother passed away. My mother was only not even 21 when her mother passed away, uh, from having had tuberculosis for many years, which was uncurable. So this was very near and dear to her. So I think that's, and then you've mentioned about the sacred heart picture that she had above her bed that Shelly has now. And Lisa might have one too now. I don't know. But, you know, so that's really where we were as a family was with, uh, was with Mary. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about that in episode 16, following Mary to Jesus. You just reinforced where I got my love for Mary also. <laughs> it's a family tradition. And I have my statues also the way you do. <laughs> and I was going to say after that episode, mom, you took me for my birthday and let, and had me pick out yes. my a new Mary statue for That's right. My I'll say my my Mary collection. <laughs> <laughs> and I had mine with the rosary beads that I got from confirmation. I won the little raffle mm -hmm. with the family rosary inside you know, unscrew the bottom and it's inside. And I would say it's not what you'd call the most beautiful statue in the world. It's not one of those elegant, beautiful porcelain ones, but it's extraordinarily special to me. Well, thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me. So, okay, mom, we're almost to the very end. What do you think? Did you survive? Do you want to come back and do another episode sometime? 
put her on the still recording. <laughs> okay, so so just in case Shelly edits this, that was a really long pause from mom without an answer. <laughs> okay, I'm not putting you on the spot, mom. You can think about it. Mom, to encourage you to come back on the podcast, dear listeners, please, if you think mom should come back on the podcast, if you've enjoyed listening to her, let us know. She needs a little encouragement, and we appreciate that. Thank you. That's that's your Christmas gift so I'll to our mom. post this on my Facebook page. Yes, you're going to post this on your Facebook page. I think we better wrap this up here. We're going to be doing this until it actually is Christmas. That's How about true. I take y'all to lunch? Food. That sounds like a great idea. I like that. That's great. Okay. Dear listeners, we have to go because we have to go eat. <laughs> and it won't cost you anything. <laughs> and you're not fixing it, so it won't create any stress. There you go. That's exactly right. I have nothing in the house to fix it with. <laughs> I need to think of store. All right. Thank you so much for listening and being with us today. Um, Gosh, we hope you are loving this holiday season, um, doing your best at Advent and staying close to Christ and just creating those family memories as we walk towards Christmas. Thanks, Mom, for being here. And not going crazy. <laughs> not going crazy. Go back to our episode uh, 26, Overcoming Holiday Stress. Go listen to it. Okay. All I'll right. Bye, Mom. Bye, Shelly. I love Bye, you, Shelley. Mom. I love y'all too. Love you too. Thank you. <laughs> Bye y'all. Bye.